What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Students in New York City whose parents actually pay taxes and likely contribute something to this country were forced into remote learning so their high school could be turned into a makeshift housing complex for thousands of illegal immigrants. I don't suppose that teachers' unions have anything to say on this, because after all, they are all for their teachers not actually having to do anything. But by all means, New Yorkers, keep voting for Democrats. It's sure working out for you. But you know, there is a solution to this, though. Start sending the illegals to the private schools where the wealthy kids go. A lot of celebrity parents in New York City that should welcome these illegals into their kids' schools with open arms the loving and tolerant way. Truth is, these illegals should be housed exclusively in ICE detention facilities pending their permanent removal from our country, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. But what can happen? Well, DHS Secretary Mayorkas can be impeached and removed. So will that happen? Joining me now, Texas Republican Congressman Chip Roy. Congressman Chip Roy, it's so great to have you. You know, a lot of Americans are wondering... Will there ever be any accountability for the open border that is certainly going to destroy our nation for at least the next five to 10 years? Well, it's great to be on. And I did look, uh, I've been beating that drum since I've been in Congress for the just over four years now, I guess five years that I've been on Capitol Hill. And uh, it's now great that at least a lot of folks are, you know, waking up to what's going on down there when many were just ignoring it. Our Democratic colleagues would show up to committees and say, oh, there's no problem with the border. Now they acknowledge there's a problem with the border, but they just say we need to spend more money, which, of course, means we would just process more people. To answer your question, um, we're having hearings. We're highlighting things. We had an immigration hearing this morning, judiciary. We had a guy who was the head of the uh, EMT and you know fire chief from Eagle Pass, Texas, and pointing out they're spending $17,000 a day out of their budget just to deal with the calls. Like 65% of the calls are from or about illegal migrants. Uh, people aren't able to actually get access to their services. This is commonplace throughout South Texas. It's commonplace that we've got fentanyl deaths, all the things you know and your listeners know. So I hope we will impeach Mayorkas. Mark Green, my friend, colleague, had a great hearing. They played some clips in which Mayorkas lied to me under oath. Um, we're highlighting things like this, you know, complete absurdity in New York with the schools. But at the end of the day, and this is just my personal assessment, if we keep funding the bureaucracy that's doing this, if we keep writing them a check without demanding that they change, then we own it. That's just the bottom line. And, and until we change that, nothing's going to change. Too many of my colleagues 
your chip, you're arguing over $60 billion or $100 billion of spending. Uh, that's not going to dent the debt. They don't get it. When you hear one of my colleagues say that, tell them they're a fool. Because the truth is, the problem is we're funding the bureaucracy that's killing our freedom. We need to stop that. Yes, we need to drive down debt, Social Security, Medicare, all the big spending. But we need to stop funding the tyrants at DOJ. Stop funding DHS to not secure the border. Stop funding Anthony Fauci and all the tyrants at NIH, CDC, and the people who locked us down. So that's the question that we have. Yeah, you're right about that. What's so frustrating to me is that Democrats have this canned line that they like to use. Corrine Jean-Pierre uses it almost daily, that it's Republicans that are stopping the more funding for Border Patrol agents, and it's Republicans that actually don't want to fix the problem at the border. You know, I know exactly what you already said, is that they want money to hire more agents, but really they just want more babysitters and more people to even more quickly process the illegals coming in and then who knows where they end up. But, you know, Texas has tried to take matters into its own hands and the Biden administration has cut them off at the knees at every turn. So what is Texas planning to do to regain some kind of control over your guys' own border if Biden won't and if Biden keeps coming after you guys every time your governor tries to do something? Well, it has been great that our uh, governor has been having our uh, uh, Texas DPS, our Department of Public Safety troopers down at the border trying to help Texas constituents who are getting you know, absolutely railroaded by this administration not securing the border. But we've had to spend $12.5 billion of our own money to do that. As you noted, the governor's you know, been putting up razor wire. Uh, and then what, what do we have? We have a border patrol looking to be able to cut the razor wire. And, you know, we've got the, the, the feds are going into court trying to prevent our ability to have the razor wire in place. And, and you know, they're trying to sue to stop the law that we passed in Texas, empowering the governor and our, our fine law enforcement to be able to do their own removal of illegal aliens from Texas. Uh, all of that is undermining our safety and security in Texas. Look, there is no length that the governor could go that I wouldn't support, which is going to be very blunt. Uh, he, he would have my full support to take whatever action is necessary to secure the border, to, uh, you know, I mean, again, operating within normal rules of engagement and how you treat civilians and, and how you handle yourself. But my point is taking the power. There's no extent to which he can use the power as governor that I wouldn't support. And uh, it's critically important that we push back on the federal government who is interfering with our way of, way of life. I had six kids who died in the school district, which my wife and my kids live in, just last year from fentanyl poisoning, right? We have migrants dying in record numbers. The guy who testified this morning in committee talked about finding, you know, 40 bodies, uh, on, uh, you know, in the river uh, in the last year, rather than like eight or nine, which they've done in the past. I mean, these are kids, these are women, these are, you know, uh, it's just a tragedy that we're allowing this to occur. And it's doing it on our watch. The little girls are getting sold in the sex trafficking trade. So we got to stop it. I support Governor Abbott, and uh, we got to get the feds out of his way. Yeah. Well, we hope to see something. You know, Texas is inundated on a daily basis, and then New York cries when they get some bus loads. I say yeah. continue to send the buses. The more, the merrier. I want to turn now. Of course, we got Monday coming up, a big day in Iowa. All week long, we've had, you know, the candidates out with this town hall and that town hall and this event and that event. I know you're a firm supporter of Governor Ron DeSantis and yeah. his, his chances in Iowa. Do you still feel good about Iowa, or do you believe that Nikki Haley, in some way, shape, or form, is going to be able to pull into second place? Well, I certainly uh, believe that uh, Governor DeSantis has all the momentum. I think he destroyed Nikki Haley in the debate last night. It wasn't even close. Most of the objective people viewing it said it wasn't close. 
Uh, Governor Haley has been flip-flopping all over the place. She was criticizing Iowans by saying that, you know, the people of New Hampshire need to correct the Iowans. Uh, and Governor DeSantis has a history of leadership, right? We mentioned uh, the, the bus loads. Look, he really kicked that off by sending a plane load of folks to Martha's Vineyard, totally turned the message on its head, caught everybody's attention. And Governor Abbott was doing that right there in parallel. And like, that's leadership. That helped save the election for Republicans last year. You know, look, I supported President Trump in 2016. I supported him in 2020. I got to be clear, I supported him after I was Ted Cruz's uh, supporter as his former chief of staff. But, you know, I'll support the Republican nominee, President Trump. He did a lot of great things, the court, moving the embassy to Jerusalem. But you know what? He also left a lot of stuff on the table and didn't get certain things done. He didn't make Congress do its job. He, he decided he's sided with Paul Ryan on an amnesty first instead of a border security first. He didn't sign an executive order like he promised to on birthright citizenship. He didn't get the wall built fully and have Mexico pay for it. He touts 500 miles, but it was really only 52 miles of additional new fencing, uh, you know, that extended the amount of fencing rather than replacement fencing. Did a lot of good things, but Governor DeSantis has delivered in spades. He has done an exceptional job. You know, they cut the debt 25 percent. And he most importantly, he took on Anthony Fauci. He didn't give him a commendation on his last day in office. So uh, I think Governor Sanders is in a good spot, a lot of, you know, boots on the ground, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, it's been frustrating to me because Ron DeSantis has not been given a fair shake in this process since before he announced. And he was America's governor, and then all of a sudden he decided to run against Donald Trump, and then so many turned on him, which to me is gut-wrenching to see because he is, whether he is able to be our nominee this go-around or not, he is still the future of the Republican Party, and he does carry the torch for America first, even further in many cases than Donald Trump. But right. the way it's looking right now, it looks like Donald Trump is going to be our nominee. I know that, that Donald Trump has had a few things to say about you because of your support of Ron DeSantis, but you've already said if he's our nominee, you will support Donald Trump. But do you yeah. uh, do you anticipate mending fences with Donald Trump should he be our nominee? Will you go out and, and advocate or, or campaign on his behalf? What does that relationship look like now? Yeah, look, in politics is a rough and tumble business. Uh, my former boss, Governor Rick Perry, you might remember he called <laughs> Donald Trump a cancer in August of 2016. 16 when he uh, exited the presidential race himself. And uh, you know what? Uh, uh, and that might have been 2015, but in the 2016 race. But uh, you know what? He ended up being President Trump's secretary of energy. Uh, this is not uncommon, right? You know, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump sparred. Uh, this is politics. And, you know, you got thick skin. I think you know, President Trump respects people who push back, uh, you know, but maybe his staff should have looked a little better when they called for a primary challenge and it was a week after the uh, deadline had <laughs> closed. I mean, look, I've got a job to do, and that is to go out and support my friend, Governor DeSantis, because I think he's the right guy for us to be able to serve for eight years. I think he will do great in November if he's our nominee. I think he should be our nominee. I want to win by, you know, he won by Florida by a million and a half votes, mm -hmm. right? He won 62% of Hispanic voters, 50% of single female voters. That's what I want. I don't want to be counting votes in Maricopa County or Fulton County or Miami-Dade County. And I think he gives us the best shot to do that. President Trump's the nominee. We'll go out there and fight to beat Joe Biden or whoever they dig up to replace Biden at their <laughs> convention, because, uh, look, President Trump loves America. Don, you know, Ron DeSantis loves America. I prefer Ron DeSantis. He served in the Navy. and He did a great job. But uh, but we got to go beat the, the evil that's uh, facing us no matter who the nominee is. But I expect that nominee still to be Ron DeSantis. 
I agree with you, and I do think that Ron DeSantis would have an easier path to the White House than Donald Trump, just given everything, and a lot of it isn't Donald Trump's fault, but that's the cards that we've right. been dealt, and it's unfortunate, but it looks like Trump is going to be the nominee. Never never say never. We never know what's going to happen, but I just want to see Ron DeSantis out there still fighting for America first in whatever role that may be. Uh, Congressman, I always appreciate you. Thank you for always being out there. You, you tell it like it is, and you're forceful about it, and you're not a coward, and we certainly appreciate that uh, in Tennessee, and we appreciate Texas as well. Hey, God bless you. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, love the Tennesseans. Yeah, Texas, uh, we have a great special relationship with the Tennesseans who came to help us back in 1836, so God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Congressman. All right, it is now time for me to crown my losers of the week, but I want to collaborate on this effort with my friend and the host of the Officer Tatum show, Brandon Tatum. Brandon, it's great to have you. I'm really excited about this, so here's how it's going to work. I'm going to give you my third pick, then you're going to give me yours, and so on and so forth, till we both reach our picks for the top loser of the week, so it's like fantasy football, but with green hairs and weirdos and losers instead. How does that sound? That sounds great to me. All right, I'm going to go first. For my pick three this week, I'm going to go with these mass green hairs and weirdos in San Francisco who are celebrating the passage of a resolution that will do absolutely nothing in support of a ceasefire in Gaza. Let's take a look. Okay, so again, their support for a ceasefire is inconsequential as Israel does not take its marching orders from the queers for Palestine. But nonetheless, I wonder, Brandon, why do all liberals seemingly look the same? I don't know. It's something in the water. I don't know if they putting too much estrogen in the water or they bugging people. I don't know what they're doing, but it does seem like they all look the same and they all tend to wear a mask and believe the science. I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is either. And I don't know what they think that they're doing. I don't know if they really think that sitting in a, like a supervisor's meeting in San Francisco and calling for a ceasefire halfway around the world, I don't know if they think that they're doing something or if they didn't want to block traffic that day. I'm not sure, but all of these protests, in my opinion, these pro-Palestinian things where they're blocking the roads or blocking the airports, I can't figure out why city officials are not putting an end to this because they could actually cause someone to lose their life if they block an ambulance or someone's having an emergency. And I cannot figure out why we're allowing this madness to continue. It's like BLM, but in some cases, maybe even worse than that. Well, you know, they, they live and operate on a virtue signal. So it doesn't matter what the outcome is. It doesn't matter how effective their cause is supposed to be. They're just signaling virtue. They don't mean anything by it. They know nothing is going to change. They don't even really believe in it. They just want to make it appear that they believe in it. But I, as a former cop, man, it, it like my blood boils when I see people obstructing traffic, which is against the law. If you and I go out and stand in the middle of the freeway, we're going to go to jail. But for whatever reason, they let these people go out, block traffic, emergency vehicles can't get through. People got to drop their kids off. People, Some people are on the verge of losing their job. They've been late three times already, and the fourth time they finna lose it all. And these blue-haired devils are sitting in the middle of the road protesting something they don't even know what they're talking about. They don't even know what for the from the river to the sea even means. But they're out there protesting. Yeah, and I don't think that they also understand that if they were to go to the area that they want to free— uh, that they would be pushed off a building or worse. I mean, I'm looking at the image of them dancing around. They got their masks on, as you saw. They've got, you know, bun, like half buns, half shaved back heads with pink and blue and green. I mean, I, I can't imagine what 
Muslim fundamentalist countries would do to people like that, or if they understand that concept, that, that those regions of the world don't take kindly to their aesthetic. I'm not sure that they got that memo. Well, I will pay for them to go visit the Middle East with their garb on, and I will pay. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't want to watch what happened to them, but I, I would be uh, looking forward to seeing if they come back or not. Yeah. And, and, and they deserve it. Because if you are going to push a particular agenda, please educate yourself on it and quit trying to gaslight us and make us feel bad and make us feel like we're not virtuous because you are mocking a religion that will kill you, but then making us look bad because we're standing up for what the truth really is. So I can't stand these people, to be honest. I try not to say I hate them because I'm a Christian and God said we're not supposed to hate people, but I cannot stand these people. And I, I just wish that they can go live in California and, and, and move you know far away from us and we divide the country, the left and the right. The insane and the sane. That, that, that would be good for me. That would be good for all of us. And you being in Arizona are a lot closer to them than I am. <laughs> uh, so best of luck. But I know that you have a loser that you would love to crown as well. So who's your pick number three for the week? Well, I got a bunch of them. I, I think I want to start with Lil Nas X. All right. And so, so tell, Lil, tell me the controversy there for people that are not familiar. Well, for the Christians out there, Lil Nas X obviously is a degenerate all across the board, not just for Christians, because he started out with a, with a cute little country song for kids, and now he's turned into a devil, twerking on a devil, having videos where he's going to hell, and then finally, he builds up the gall to mock Jesus. And, and, it's, and people try to say it's art. No, it's not art. I don't see him mocking Muhammad. Is he going to mock Buddha? He don't mock any other religion, but he decides to mock Jesus and, and, and post himself on a cross. I, I can't stand it, and, and I hope that he reap what he sow. What do you think it is? Because he's not the only one that's done this. There have been several other artists that, that have done this with the cross, or they've tried to mock the Catholic Church. I think it was Sabrina Carpenter did a, did a music video in a Catholic Church as well. What is it about the Christian faith that attracts these people. And when I say attracts, I mean, they like to mock it, as you mentioned. They like to poke fun. They like to poke fun at Christians and the entire faith of Christianity. What is it about Christianity that makes it so ripe for the picking, do you think? Because when you, when you serve the devil, the devil hates Jesus. And so the instinct from people who serve the devil and the devil is their God or their father, then that's their instinct is to try to mock the religion that they know is true. They don't have to waste time mocking stuff that's a fantasy, that's made up, that's not real, that's not validated. They only mock the things that are real. And so when you are serving the enemy, you have to mock what's true. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And Little Nas, that was such a good first song with Billy Ray Cyrus, and then it all went downhill from there, as things generally tend to go. But I'm going to go with my runner-up for my loser of the week. That's my number two pick, and that is, of course, Hunter Biden, in case y'all missed it, here was his, uh, his tantrum on display this week. Uh, excuse me, Hunter, oh, apparently no. you're afraid of my words. Uh, here goes. <laughs> oh. I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward.
So I think he's a coward, but I also think that Republicans are a little bit cowardly as well, Brandon, because I don't know why Hunter Biden hasn't been arrested yet. We know damn good and well if this were Don Jr. and he would have, first of all, not shown up for his subpoena to testify behind closed doors, then show up and then walk out like this. I mean, he's basically asking to be arrested and Republicans don't have the stones to do it. They won't arrest the man. And I think it's honestly kind of spineless that they haven't arrested him. Well, I'm glad you said that, Tommy, because I was ready to go off on that clip because I felt like the Republicans didn't look any better than him. I mean, clearly he's a crackhead snoring coke off prostitutes in foreign countries and stealing money from foreign enemies and using his daddy's name to do it. And it's clear it's the noonday sun that he did it. Then he shows up and mocked the Republicans. And what do they do? They're trying to go viral on social media. I don't care if he walks out of the thing. It, you know, of course, he looked like an idiot, but it doesn't really matter if he walk out because y'all not going to do nothing about it. So you can get up there and say he's afraid of Republican women and, 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 and but he ain't going to jail. He committed crimes already and still ain't going to jail. The man filled out a fake application or he lied on his application to get a firearm, which is a felony. Then he didn't pay his taxes, evaded taxes. We clearly know why he evaded taxes because he didn't want to claim the foreign money that he was getting up to tunes of $2 million. And so we get it. I'm tired of the shenanigans. Republicans need to stop trying to go viral on social media and actually get something done. If the man don't go to jail, what are we even talking about? Yeah, well, and I actually have another clip to piggyback off of that because the performance continued. Now, listen, I like Representative Nancy Mace for a lot of reasons. I think that she's, you know, good at her job for the most part. But yesterday when she sounded off on the white privilege thing, we have a clip. I want your take on this because I also found this annoying. Let's listen for those who haven't heard it. You are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and- M Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman, if the gentle lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. And Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from I'm Hunter speaking. Biden. What are, are you afraid of? To speak? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Why, order, why order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Did you keep interrupting me? She did two things that annoy me. She talked about white privilege, and then she, then she had to go with another identity politics card and say, oh, well, women can't speak what women can't speak. So that's a two-four for me that makes her, quite frankly, in the same category as Nikki Haley as far as being annoying and annoying the piss out of me. What do you think? Oh, I lost my mind. I made a video about it on my YouTube and people didn't like it. They they thought I would, you know, I guess they thought they were, they wanted me to kiss the butt of Republicans just because they have an R next to their name. I think it was completely stupid. You know, white privilege is a myth. And then for her to invoke white privilege against him, what does that prove? And then she talked about his genitalia. If, let's keep it honest. Is that appropriate for you to say he don't have any balls? Like, and then the funny thing is she says it, but then she kind of like laughs and loses her speech because she don't really know how to talk. She don't really know how to, how to make a dig at somebody. She's a rookie in this. She tried to say it and go viral because she thought it was cute. But then once it came out of her mouth, it, it messed her whole speech up. She started to stumble after that. Then at the end, they... It's the same thing that Marjorie Taylor Greene did. Can a woman not speak in here? And Marjorie Taylor Greene goes and say, he don't want to hear from a strong conservative woman. It's like you guys be and complain about identity politics from the Democrats and y'all playing the feminist politics. Like, and, and, and this, Tommy, the, the thing that makes me most upset is because it's not genuinely coming from a good place. They don't genuinely believe what they're saying. It's not spontaneous. They literally script it what they thought would be cool to say to go viral. And, and, and at the end of the day, the American people want nothing by any of this stuff that went on the other day.
It also annoys me, too, because you're right about the, the desire to go viral all the time. I think that she thought, I'm going to say Hunter Biden has no balls, and then I'm going to get a headline out of it because I said no balls, and I'm a congresswoman, but I'm a Republican, but I'm not a boring Republican. Me and Lauren Boebert at the Beetlejuice show, you know, and me walking around, she walking around before talking about, you know, screwing her fiancé before a prayer breakfast. I mean, I feel like she's trying to be a real housewife. And it's not translating and it just feels phony to me. I'm not a big fan of whatever she's trying to do here. These people are fake. I mean, a lot of them are fake. And I blast Lauren Boebert all the time. And it's not because I don't like Republicans, but I just hate when people fake. Just be honest. Keep it real. Be genuine to yourself. And if you genuinely talk like that, everybody can feel it. But these people are just they're not who we think they are. And it's really hurting our party. And they're, they're literally down there collecting a check and not getting anything done. Yeah, well, you're right about that. Well, I know that you have another pick for another loser this week. Uh, obviously, it's gone viral. So what do you have for your number two? The guy who, uh, that guy, I call him that guy that says he's not gay dating a trans woman or whatever you want to call it. So that guy is an embarrassment. So pretty much this story is related to a man who's dating a trans porn star and he was criticized by his family members, and they thought he was gay, which he is, if he's dating a girl that have a penis. Well, Brady, so, we actually have the clip that you're referring to, so let's take a look for those that haven't been blessed with this doozy. Roll it. Cassidy educated me and said, no, 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 honey, you're straight. I'm, don't you look at me like a woman? I said, yeah. She's like, so where do you find the word gay? And that's when I realized, yeah, I'm not gay at all. I'm, I'm an alpha male that's attracted to femininity and... That's exactly what I got right here. <laughs> I mean, whatever floats his boat, I guess. But, you know, I'm sure you've got more to say on this. Well, when you hear a man say, I'm an alpha male, that tells you he's a beta male. No alpha male has to project to the world I'm an alpha male. And then the alpha male didn't realize he's an alpha male to the dude who probably laying on top of midnight told him he was an alpha male. I mean, come on, man. You, I don't know why they get so caught up in the gay thing. You're dating a, you're dating a person who has male genitalia. That, the least of your worries is somebody calling you gay. Like you, you're dating a dude and you're, going, you're sleeping in a bed with a dude. And, and let's just keep it real. Like, these people can make up all they want with the makeup and put the fake breasts in. At the end of the day, this is a man. That 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 foot ain't going to turn into a girl foot. Them hands and that big old head ain't going to change. You still got a male body structure. So I don't care what kind of makeup you put on, bro. You land next to your brother. You land, you ran, land next to a man with a hard body like a man. And so it, it's crazy to me that this dude had to go up and beyond and do a show you know, you know, Tommy, I, I don't care if, a, if somebody want to date a man. They ain't got nothing to do with me. But you want to put it all on the Internet. Like you just really, you know, you're putting your business out there. Now we got to say something. Do you think that this is genuine or do you think that these people just put this stuff out there because they know it's going to get traction? Maybe they make some revenue off of it because some of it just feels like maybe they're doing it for the performance of it and less actually because it's how they really feel or it's how they really live. Right. It's a show, too. It's like it looks like they're they're filming a show. 
So clearly they're doing it for an intended purpose. You can't do a show without revenue. So if they, they're going to do something and say things and put together two couples to, to put them, paint them in a light that's going to generate the most clicks and revenue. I made a video about it, had like 600,000 views on it. So, you know, of course they have an agenda, but, but the scary agenda too is I, f- I feel like that they are they're making shows like this to celebrate the emasculation of men. And, and and I think that that's where the problem lies for me is that this is not a genuine guy who's really an alpha. They literally put up a guy to say these talking points with tattoos on his arm to signal to young boys that it's okay to be gay as long as you're dating a person and impersonate a woman. That's it, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, and, you know, just beyond that, just kind of going off what you said on a little bit of a tangent here, one of the new things that we hear a lot and they market this to kids all the time is that you're not attracted to men or women. You're attracted to the person. You're attracted to the spirit, the vibrations. I think that they're trying to put this out there to confuse young people. Now, um, there are people out there that are gay trans, bi, you know, whatever, be attracted to what you want. But when they try to tell young people that are, you know, physically, biologically attracted to a man or a woman, they try to tell them, oh, no, you're just attracted to someone's essence. It's not actually a man or a woman. I feel like that's really going to mess up this younger generation. They're not even going to know what to do. Yeah, because they're getting brainwashed and encouraged to be confused. Because in in reality, just look at the human history. You don't even have to be a Christian. You don't have to be religious. I mean, just look at evolution of human beings. Clearly, we, we, we're not uh, conditioned to be gay. And I'm not saying that. And I like to be very clear about this. I don't care what you do. We live in America. And even in God's world, God gives you free will. If you want to be gay, do you. Ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm not. As long as you ain't trying to be gay with me. I'm cool with it. But what I'm saying is that they are they are creating this environment where they're teaching and training people in a way in which is confusing to young people. And with the modern advent of technology and brainwashing and all the things that go on through music and entertainment, you can create something in a person's mind that don't already exist. The natural existence is for people to be heterosexual. That's how we exist today. That's how me and you are alive today, because somebody was having heterosexual relationships. Um, But I think that also is no problem with a man raising his boy to be a man. So even if he's confused, you still need to teach him how to be a man. You don't just let them go off on their own and figure it out. Because at the end of the day, these young boys become men and they didn't messed up which means that they ain't got a sex change or they've lived as a gay man. And now they realize, well, I don't think I really want to be gay, but you have already gone down irreversible paths. And that's not something that I think society should teach young people. You should encourage them to be what God made them. And when they get grown and they want to be freaky and do all the other stuff, that's on them. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, But speaking of, (laughs) People who are confused. My top loser this week, I mean, a repeat offender, the the entire cast of The View, but specifically Whoopi, who wants us to believe a couple of things, uh, that Liz Cheney is going to save democracy in the Republican Party, and also that if Donald Trump wins the election, they're going to make gays and journalists disappear. Let's take a, lis- a listen to Whoopi Goldberg on The View. But I'm here to say it's ours to lose. It is this country. This is what it's all about. Either you want it to work forward thinking, you want everybody to have the ability to say how they feel, what they want to move forward, or you don't. Or you want somebody who says, I'm going to be on day one, I'm going to be a dictator. 
who says it to you, tells you, I'm going to put you people away. I'm going to take all the journalists. I'm going to take all the gay folks. I'm going to move you all around and disappear you. <laughs> if that's the country you want, you know who to vote for. Well, the if, that's not, if that's not the country you want, you have to make a decision. Ah, Trump is going to disappear the gays and the journalists. I don't remember him ever saying that, but maybe I missed that speech. I guess he's campaigning to be Thanos or something. He's just going to go and all the gays disappear, even though he has a, a group of people that follow him that's gays for Trump. He, they're at all his rallies. He support gay people, too. I don't know where they get this from. He's going to be a dictator. Is he going to just kind of be a dictator out of thin air? At last time I checked, we had separation of powers with, within our government. We have Congress. We have the, you know, the, the Supreme Court and then the executive office, with, which is the president. The president don't have the power to be a dictator. If he could, he would still be in office right now because he would have been a dictator in 2016. It's impossible. Even Biden can't be a dictator. He can produce and encourage bad policy. He can push out executive orders that, that are not conducive for growth in America, but he can't be a dictator. And, and no president can, and they know Trump can't. And, and, and for them to try to, what it is, Tommy, is they're projecting. If they had the right, they will put every MAGA supporter in an internment camp. They will mm -hmm. put you away if you disagree, cancel you on social media, but then they point the finger at us and say that we're doing it. There is no evidence whatsoever of any Republican running a social media platform censoring people. It doesn't exist. They didn't work with the FBI to work within Twitter to make sure they shadow ban speeches. That that is that doesn't even exist. But yet they're projecting on our people. I, I think Whoopi Goldturds is one of the dumbest women on planet Earth. Arrest, uh, the rest of them cackling hands on the view. These women are like... You know, we talk, we talk trash. You know, we sometimes we can be comedic. And they are really bad. Yeah. They are really some of the dumbest women I've ever heard on planet Earth right there on The View. I don't know how people watch that show. I mean, sometimes I like to watch things. I'll, I'll watch CNN or MSNBC in, in small doses just to see what the other side is saying. But listening to The View, I mean, it's mind-numbing to such an extent that I like I fear for the women or men who are sitting home in mid-morning watching this. Maybe that's also part of the problem. I'm not sure. But I know you have a top loser, and it's it's it needs a little bit of explaining. We couldn't play the clip because, you know, Jimmy Kimmel won't let us play his his clips mm -hmm. here because we'll all be, you know, copyright struck. But Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers, the whole back and forth with the Epstein thing. What's your take on that? I know you were hot on that one this week, too. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel is the biggest loser, obviously. He literally wanted to cry on his show. And I, I didn't think that that what Aaron Rodgers said was anything weird. The funny thing is, is that when you feel hit and you offended by something that you know is true, then you're going to come out and cry about it. All he said was that Jimmy Kimmel may be questioning or maybe concerned about the list coming out. Aaron Rodgers didn't say he was on the list. He just said he may be concerned about the list. But then Jimmy Kimmel, obviously, I think he was on the list, allegedly, or he was on the list. Now he comes out and get mad at him saying, you claim I'm a pedophile. No, he didn't. You projected that. If somebody said, Brandon Tatum would be afraid of the Epstein list. And I'm like, that's funny to me because I'm not on the list. And then what happens? It comes out, I'm not on the list. Why would I be mad at anybody? But if I'm on the list, of course I'm concerned. And so I thought that what Aaron Rodgers said was decent. Jimmy Kimmel, he could talk about people till the cows come home, shame uh, conservatives and MAGA Trump supporters. But then if somebody make a joke about him, come out and say something, now he want to sue everybody and, and, and get his feelings hurt. And I, I don't know how Trump haven't sued these people because God is my witness. They come out and lie on Trump and, and, and mislead the public about Trump. 
mislead about his finances. They make claims that aren't proven or true. And, and But then when somebody make a statement about him, he want to sue. I, that dude is a loser, in my opinion. And also not funny. Did you happen to catch the Golden Globes or clips of the Golden Globes? I'm not sure any of us watched them, but, you know, there was a lot about Joe Coy and, you know, he made some jokes. People said that they weren't funny. He took a, a dig at Taylor Swift, which I thought was actually one of the funnier jokes, saying that, you know, they, you, they do less cutaways at the Golden Globes of Taylor Swift in an NFL game. And, of course, there's the viral thing. I'm sure you see it on your feed as I do mine constantly. Taylor Swift was unamused or whatever. Now, I like Taylor Swift, but I'm starting to sour on her. Because honestly, I think that she is, she's taking it too far. I think she's being annoying. And I'm not even having that as a loser this week. I just want to know your thoughts on the whole saga of Taylor Swift. I think you and I have talked about it before, but my opinion is changing because she's annoying me that much, like Nikki Haley. Well, she's super annoying. You know, she has so much popularity. She she capitalizes on capitalism every day of her life. But then she's out here promoting and supporting these Democrats. That, that, that made me lose faith in her. The reason that she's so popular is because the NFL is looking at dollar signs. You know, ever since Colin Kaepernick almost took the NFL down, in my opinion, especially their, represent, their reputation, now they got to find another shiny light. And then just so happened... You know, Kelsey is on an incredibly good team and Mahomes' wife and Taylor Swift is a thing that generates revenue. Because if when you look at the facts of it, Taylor Swift has an audience that's bigger than the NFL. And if they can marry the two, they're making money. They don't care about the audience. We don't want to see Taylor Swift. She's not throwing a football or catching nothing. But they can do that to make money. I get it. But I don't really watch the NFL anyway, so... I'm over it. <laughs> would you, last question for you, would you, if given the opportunity, would you go see a Taylor Swift Eras tour concert? Oh, no, I'd never see Taylor Swift. I mean, I, I nothing against Taylor. She probably is really good in performing. I'm not a girl, so I'm not really entertained by her. Um, so I probably wouldn't go see it, to be honest. I will be honest, if I was gifted a ticket to a Taylor Swift concert, I would 100% absolutely go because I'm a fan of her music. I just would like to see a little bit less of her. I wish she would go away for a little while. And that's kind of the theme of today. A lot of people just, as Whoopi would say, they need to disappear for a little while. But not you, Brandon. Uh, Last thing I will ask you. I was coming up on Monday. What do you think is going to happen? Just real quickly. Who do you think is going to be the biggest winner, the biggest loser? Anybody else going to drop out? What do you think? Well, I think, you know, I think Donald Trump is obviously going to be the biggest winner. Um, we, we we see that, uh, what's his name, Chris Krispy Kreme's rolled out of the race because he can't walk off the race. So he wo- rolled out, and but then he's on the hot mic talking crazy about Nikki Haley. So we all know Nikki Haley don't have a chance, in my opinion. I, I really would have liked to seen, you know, DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy get an opportunity to compete with Trump. Um, but it seems as if they have isolated Trump has made a good strategy by never engaging in these debates. So he's leaving himself in a position where he can only win and not get challenged and lose. So I think that Donald Trump is going to emerge as the, as the biggest winner. I do think there's wins for other people, not Nikki Haley, but but Ron DeSantis. He's going to continue to win because he's an incredible governor. He would be an incredible president. He's he's a shining light in the Republican Party. And I think Vivek has a future, too, somewhere, but just not as the president. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, as always. Thank you so much, Brandon, for taking the time today, for giving us your Losers of the Week. I always appreciate it. God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. Tommy, thank you so much. God bless you. All right, well, there you have it, folks. Our combined Losers of the Week and more, Lord have mercy, from Nashville. God bless and take care.